Texas gets past this pseudo medical that we've got, it will be a path to adult use and it will be one of the largest markets in the world. And, and that is something that the politicians also need to understand is these are huge revenue opportunities for the state. You know, a state with no income tax could see Billions. huge amount. And, you know, and they were working with a surplus last year, so even more, one of the few states that was. I mean, these are even more Do you reasons. know how much they pay a legislature in Texas to do their job? I actually, I don't. How much is like you know? $7,500. I can, it. it's, and, and or 12,000 12, in 12, Nebraska. 000, yeah. Yeah. It's, 84, it's extraordinary. $84,000 in Illinois. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Annually? Wow. For a part-time uh-huh. job. Meta Unshackled, MJ BizCon 2023. I'm here with the co-host for the most, the guy who I refer to as straight up AI, Tom. Hello, human life forms. <laughs> I like that. He's playing, he's playing along now. Yeah, I, I refer to him as AI because of his knowledge of the details. It's like I, I could ask, I could Google, I could ask ChatGPT, or I could ask Tom. And then I'll Google it and ask ChatGPT. Yes, but <laughs> his, it, it's, a, it's a frighteningly, he's a friendly, intelligent person which is why we love him on Meet Unshackled, because we like quality individuals, quality content, and he is absolutely one of them. And we here, the two of you are as well. There you go. There you so go. tell us a little bit about where you're, who you are okay. and where you're from, and then who you are and where you're from. And we're going to take a dive into Nebraska and Texas. Great. Uh, my name is Chad Cater. I'm a CPA. I'm the president of Seven Leaf CFOs out of, uh, just outside of Austin, Texas, Blanco, Texas. Um, had my firm now for a few years, about uh, two years in cannabis, and gosh, I've been a CPA for almost 25 years. Excellent. My name is Krista Eggers, and I am running the ballot initiative in Nebraska, a completely non-legal state right now. Um, that's going to change in 24. We're going to get medical Good. on the ballot, and it's going to pass, and we are going to create an industry Excellent. to help patients, and uh, yeah, moving and shaking. This is going to talk, and uh, this is awesome, because you know we're going to talk about a little bit about that ballot initiative, how it might look like the different uh, models that are out there through Nebraska. But let's first get an update. Everybody thinks there's not much of a market or anything happening in Texas. But where is Texas now? What's happening there? Medicinal, CBD, and kind of walk us through sure. uh, a preview, sure. an update. So Texas uh, 2015 passed legislation for a compassionate use program, which is a very low THC program. Um, tried to do some modifications to it over the years. This past legislative year, which uh, unfortunately Texas only meets every two years, the legislature does, had great success passing some changes through the Republican House and then got to the Senate and died because the, basically the politics of the Senate were such that there was no way that it was going to be able to get to committee and get out for a real vote. So those changes fell through last year, but as far as the medical program goes, um, it's very expensive to get in for dispensaries. It's almost half a million dollars for your initial license after an $8,000 application fee, and there are very few dispensaries in the state. Folks may, may distribute from Austin all the way to El Paso. Does that half a million dollars go to the state or private sale? State. state. Oh, you got to pay the state. Pay the state. That's yeah. Vertically integrated? Yes. And uh, unlimited page count application. What's so that? these things were phone books. Uh, the, yeah. They had an application round that closed last December 28th, something like that? Uh, they, well, we just, just did one and ap- just finished up in April. April 28th. This, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, do you know how many licenses have come out of that round? None. 
Do you think any will? I don't think so. There's, a, there's some pushback from the market itself saying we don't need any more license because we just don't have enough patience yet. And so when you, that's a big issue. It's Pushback from who? From, from people the who... The license holders. For, All who are, three of them. Are, <laughs> right, exactly. The license holders who have the, this base right. there, they, they, they're fine with distributing it's, from Austin to El Paso. Note, note, note to self, you've got to be careful <clears throat> about listening to the opinions of those people who have control of a supply chain. <laughs> exactly. In regards to how the supply chain should be developed. Right. Right. right? That's, tell the policymakers that. Because exactly. to be fair, we want more some people want more opportunity, <laughs> more competition. Um, so, so uh, go on. Tell us what's what's happening next in Texas. What, so, we're so the, the push again is to try to get some more conditions added to medical, and then work towards getting some sort of a rec vote up there, some sort of adult use vote that that can be logical. It is there is huge support. I mean, we're talking 70, 80 percent of the electorate is saying we want it legal. Okay. Now, the initiative process, referendum process in Texas does not exist. No. Interesting. So you have to go through the legislative Municipalities process. Municipalities can do things, but statewide, no. You but, have to go through the legislative process. Okay. And well, so that's going to be challenging. Very. <clears throat> it, it, it's, we're, we're, there's a little bit of a change going on, and, and some of the, the older, stuffier politicians are leaving, the ones that were part of the war on drugs, right. <laughs> or were educated by the war on drugs, and they're, they're starting to get some new blood in there that's starting to make some changes. We saw it with how well, how successful these changes were in the House. But we also saw the other side in the Senate. So how many retailers are there right now, open? There are three. There's just three retailers open. Correct. This is on the, the low-use THC side, the medical side. Low use and who holds those three licenses? Um, it's Adam, John, and Larry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty, mayor's pretty cousin, uh, yeah. governor's buddy, and then uh, uh, right. so the, the people that helped get the initial legislation in are also the ones that have those licenses. Those three licenses. So are you friends with them? Um, I know of them. I'm not personal friends with well, them. Well, so the three of them should reach out to Tom and I, and they should uh, – uh, I'm not going to do this, but <laughs> maybe Tom. I don't know. But Depends those three guys could, yeah, could fund, <laughs> could fund uh, a, a change in the legislation through their lobbyists and stuff. Absolutely. To self-servingly legalize it, you know, to help patients and consumers have access sure. to cannabis and benefit themselves, of course, but that also – would advance the cause. Absolutely. And, 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 are and they it, doing that? No. no. Uh, you, the, and, and when you see interviews with them, that they are clear with, we, we don't want or need anymore. And it's a very... So they don't want to like change the low THC to high THC. They don't want to add like pain or anything that's a huge catch-all so there could be like 2 million patients in Texas. Well, exactly. Why, why wouldn't they, they're, they're, Easily 2 and, million And these are nuances we're going to go through in Nebraska here in a second as well. But, you know, it's these transitions from medical to adult use, the, that, that uh, things are grandfathered in, and there's this mm -hmm. assumption that because you've been interacting in cannabis before, you should be entitled to the next set and stuff, which exactly. is a, a dissertation-level discussion as to how medicinal should be, could be, has been transitioned to adult use. Right. There's no right or wrong. There's just lots of different models. But you know they can create their own model and say, look, there should be adult use cannabis. We have three retail. Each of our retails should be issued an unlimited nice number mm -hmm. of retail locations in this piece of legislation, sure. I would fund the hell out of that. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and you're just not getting uh, the, the real... The twisted nuances. Yeah. The, the, real, the real push that you're getting is still coming from normal Texans for the sensible use and those folks of sorts of people that, you know, are just, I mean, they're making some progress, but not a lot. There could be a lot more progress if you could get a lot more support even out of the people that are already there. And, and honestly, the, the hemp market there is very strong, the hemp-based market there is. And so you know, it, 
that would hurt them as well if you started crossing over and mixing it around. And, and so that's, I think there's a little perspective. Open the door for them. Yeah. yeah, and don't, don't get me wrong. No, Even absolutely. though I'm aware of all these yeah. manipulations and manifestations and different ways that, that this can be done, I'm a free market guy. Sure. You know, because yeah. all this stuff is will be twisted manipulations and, and yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it in so many other states. I mean, that's a model that's out there. It'll keep. It'll exist in Texas. So along those lines, uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about Texas that you see on the horizon? I, I, I do think that as the population there gets younger, and there's been a huge influx of folks coming from other states, uh, California being one of them. That's you know, and, and New York. New York now legal. Its own set of challenges, but you, I think you're going to see some changes, positive changes, especially in, in uh, you know, a younger generation who doesn't think that the, the world will implode when <laughs> cannabis is medicinal or recreational. Okay, so reflect on Texas and what else we need to know, and we're going to jump into Nebraska. Yeah, what so uh, quite the shift in Nebraska. We are we have no medical program. We have no adult use program. Uh, the issue so there's no weed in Nebraska. There's there is an unregulated Delta Eight market, the hemp market that okay. is dangerous, unregulated, and patients are getting very very ill. Um, we have been attempting to get something in the legislature done for ten plus years, <clears throat> excuse me, and have failed. Uh, compassionate use could not get that done. We have a group of legislatures that just will not, they just don't want their name as a green light on this issue. They right. support it, they know it's coming. Um, and so we have a ballot initiative process in Nebraska. In 2020, we decided to go to the ballot. We took a constitutional medical cannabis law and brought it to voters, um, did collect the necessary signatures during the midst of the pandemic. How many signatures were there? Uh, 200,000 in nice. a three month time. And we were later tossed uh, on a single subject issue saying that the issue of medical cannabis and medical cannabis access are two totally different unrelated issues. That is something as a lawyer, and then judges are, t wait, they're elected, so right. are judges in Nebraska, do they have to go to law school and typically become lawyers and then well, eventually? That, that's what we think. That's what they tell us. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but they, that's a clear bias, and we've seen that also in Florida is. now, yep. too. Yeah. There has been a strong opposition in Nebraska over this from just a few state elected officials, and they have absolutely gone against the will of the people. The people definitely wanted this issue to be on the ballot. Um, and when it wasn't, uh, they pushed back. And so we attempted in 2022 to go back, uh, again, went through the legislative body in one last attempt saying, hey, you guys should do this because otherwise we're gonna go this way and the people will get this done. Um, we came in 8,000 signatures short in a grassroots oh. effort last year. Um, the reason I'm here is uh, I have a son who is eight and Colton was diagnosed with a catastrophic form of epilepsy five years ago. And his doctors at Mayo at the time said, there is nothing more we can do. You need to take your child home, enjoy him, what time he has left. 
And you're looking at a mom who said, absolutely not. There has got to be something else. And they said, there is medical cannabis, but we can't talk to you about it. You don't live in a legal state. And so I said, what do I do? And they said, well, you should go home and move, um, which no one should have to do, um, or get it legalized. And I thought getting it legalized, I thought that was going to be the easier path. And that was five years ago. Uh, my son is older and sicker, but there are so many individuals like him that I, on a daily basis, leading this campaign, get the ability to talk to, who say, thank you. Thank you for what you all are doing, because we need this and the people support it. So we are in the midst of gathering signatures for 2024. We What's the three-month window for that? Well, um, we submit signatures July 3rd of next year, and then they certify you for the ballot. We need 87,000 valid signatures on two statutory initiatives. We decided not to go constitutional after the 2020 decision. I feel very strong about our language. Um, it, it does toss it to the legislature once it passes. And so there will be a great deal of lobbying efforts and money that is needed to make sure that when we do pass something, that it's something that actually helps people and that individuals who, who come into the, the space, that they can actually have businesses that function and are profitable. Who wrote the language? Um, we, we used um, many different attorneys across the nation who specialize in cannabis law, and then we used a lot of ballot attorneys. <laughs> I don't think Tom was a part of that, I but, not, but not, Tom and I are going to talk. We'll after. talk. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh, do you have any shape of what the statute's going to look like? You mentioned profitability, and then it's Nebraska, so they think it's uranium or something for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming your security compliance uh, costs are going to be astronomical, and it probably will cost like upwards of $2 million to getting a dispensary open. Uh, if you try to do that with like an open market style that you see in like an Oklahoma or a New Mexico... Yeah. They'll all be broke. Yep. Mm -hmm. So how many licenses are we so, talking? So um, with our single subject issue in Nebraska, none of that can be written into a ballot initiative. None oh of goodness. that language. Thank and God. so <laughs> it will be up to the legislative body. It will be up to individuals who have come in and come to the table um, to help get this done to hopefully lend experience and knowledge of you know, I've always said one of the, the only good things about one of this being the last states to do anything on this is we can learn from what other states have not done great, and we can learn what, you know, states have done well, and we can take that and hopefully curate a program, hand this to the legislature, and say, this is what we need to do. I know, it's, uh, sorry, you want to go ahead? Uh, it's a very difficult thing that she's trying to accomplish. Well, and, you know, and, and also, um, as each... As more and more systems, more and more structures uh, come into play in looking at those different states, people come up with more and more clever ideas as to how these markets, these supply chains should be structured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have come to the conclusion after being involved in t with 10 years uh, in many, many states and many countries that the only right path for cannabis is the free market. Free market. Yes. And everything else is some manipulation or some agenda or some nuance and that's that, that's a dream it's an ideal to me um and you know we have you know, i disagree because like when you have political realities that they face in texas and in, in nebraska and this right but those political, and, and, and political that, opinion but then right. it's going to push your compliance costs up because they're going to require like the security system in illinois for our cameras will be a quarter million dollars the right. vault will be a quarter million dollars the whole build out we have to rebuild the whole thing and then they're going to ask you to like do the parking lot make sure you have 
camera access everywhere. You have to bring in lighting then so that there's no dark spots anywhere because somebody can be lurking, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that aspect of it, you're asking for a free market, but it's not free because you're requiring a $2 million investment to get operational. So then if you also, that, so there's enough people that have that $2 million, so they'll keep coming in and keep opening stores, and then you're gonna see people going broke because you've required compliance costs to be so high, and then you get consolidation. And so then you just still end up with like three companies. Right, but we need to educate the policymakers why those things like thousands of cameras aren't necessary, right. eight foot walls aren't necessary. We need to, and, and yes, the fuddy duddies do come back and say, yes, you need walls, yes, you need cameras. But from an industry perspective, I always want to make sure that we're advocating for the spirit of freedom, the spirit of opportunity, which to me is so frustrating because I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a big UFCW, Teamsters guy. And I met the national leaders of the UFCW and, and Teamsters. And, and I like labor. And I realized sometime during this whole process, interacting with thousands of employees, entrepreneurs, investors, all kinds of stuff, that if you create licensing cap jurisdictions, you're dooming your labor and your employees to never be able to utilize the knowledge that they acquire from that enterprise that they're involved in mm -hmm. to go off and be their own boss. And while, yes, you're protecting their payroll, yes, you're protecting their workman's comp, all these other things that mm -hmm. labor peace agreements do, if you support licensing caps, you support crushing the dreams and hopes and opportunities of labor, of employees. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not a UFCW, I'm not a Teamsters guy, and I'm not a liberal, I'm actually very much a libertarian, but you believe me, because it's also true, right? right? So I was trying to make their argument for them, I was trying to argue, and they actually, the head of the UFCW national campaign person, actually looked at me like said, we never thought about that. <laughs> and I said, you know what? A lot of people don't think about that in right. life in general, but I have met so many individuals who are like, I want to be in the cannabis industry. And they can't because there's this barrier exactly. to entry created by the fuddy-duddies, created by pragmatic realities, created by the real world, which he knows much better than me. I'm just making sure that our cannabis industry isn't the one that creates this nonsense. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, in, in, it's not necessarily Texas doing that, Texas did, but other states that, that I've worked in around, it's that exact problem is, you know, you, you, somebody consult, you consult with somebody on opening a cannabis business and do you have $10 million? Right. Because No, they do not. Exactly. And are you, you also social equity? <laughs> right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more. What did we miss about Texas? Can people reach out to you, talk about Texas? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm available. Uh, my website, seven leaf CFOs, the number seven leaf CFOs. Um, I can be reached there, and I'll be glad to talk to anybody about Texas. I got very involved in lobbying there this last year, and it, there's, it's grassroots, just like you're talking about in Nebraska. The more we can get in front of people and educate people like you were talking about, it's that education that it's going to take to be able to push these things over the line. I mean, once Texas gets past this pseudo-medical that we've got, it will be a path to adult use, and it will be one of the largest markets in the world. And, and that is something that the politicians also need to understand is these are huge revenue opportunities for the state. You know, a state with no income tax could see yeah. huge Billions. amount. And, and they were working with a surplus last year, so even more, one of the few states that was. I mean, these are even more Do you reasons. know how much they pay a legislature in Texas to do their job? I actually, I don't. How much is like $7,500. I can, it. it's, and, and or 12,000 12, in 12, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's extraordinary. $84,000 in Illinois. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Annually? 
wow. for a part-time job. They don't reconvene <laughs> until January. <laughs> Blue states, red states, cannabis is all about politics. This, it is. Yes. This has been the most fascinating 10 years of any lifetime that I've ever had. Oh, yeah. So how do they reach out to you? Um, look up Nebraskans for Medical Marijuana. You will find the effort that we have going on. We are looking for individuals who can help us create a, you know, make sure this does happen. And, and obviously all these things you guys have been talking about, um, I don't have a lot of experience in. I, I really am a mom who is determined and going to get this done. Um, and, and that's my focus is getting the signatures to make sure that we get on the ballot. And when we get on the ballot, we will pass. The approval rating, the support for this is polls, take from polls what you want, right? But any way that you, you put it, 85% support this. And the other group, they support it. They just don't know it yet. They need to be educated, right? And so reach out. Uh, NebraskaMarijuana.org is our website. But I would love for individuals who have any insight, any help. You know, this is a learning process for me. And I know we're going to make mistakes. But I want to make sure that we are doing everything we can now until signature turn-in and then, then to the ballot to make sure that then what happens after, that we're as prepared as we can be. Is there, uh, uh, da, 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 is that, you said a three-month window to get signatures. You're well, signatures so now? you can get signatures starting one day after the previous ballot cycle. We're at two ballots two, every two years. So, right. so when's that day start? Um, so we have started collecting signatures because what we have found in the past is funding has been an issue. Being a red state that is one of the last to do anything with medical is has been a, a fundraising hurdle. Um, but I decided that we're not going to wait for money. We ran this grassroots grassroots two years ago collected 200,000 signatures and so we need to make sure that we do start it early and so we've started and we're going till July and so you, how many signatures do you have and the reason I ask uh, that yeah. is because uh, I want to read your yeah. language yeah and I want to see if it needs to be rewritten okay because there are other paths that you guys can do there's lots of things the imagination can take you anywhere I mean the possibility like what? What are the neighboring states? Possibilities aren't endless. You're yeah. in Nebraska. Yeah. What are the states? Uh, neighboring states in Nebraska? South Dakota, Colorado, Iowa, and Kansas is below us. Okay, so you could write something uh, in there just to have access to all the medical products that are produced in Colorado without creating a commercial market, market structure, yeah. which might actually be easier to more palatable. And uh, then then we go to the Colorado people and we ask for money because they're creating a new market over there. As a matter of fact, why don't we just do Arizona? And we'll get my okay. cultivators and my go. manufacturing Let's friends. Talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. That's sure why I'm here. Export over there. So we're gonna have it's to the beauty of the industry. industry. Yeah, yeah. My, my imagination does not stop. <laughs> anyways, but that's why we get along so well because <laughs> you know his feet are firmly grounded on the ground and my head is in the air. Mm -hmm. Make so, a good yeah. combination. <laughs> it's a good so, thing you're yes. uh, you're mic'd, otherwise you'd float away. <laughs> yes, I have finally taken flight, but he holds me to the world. Anyways. This has been another episode of Media Shackled. We now have two more contacts for you, Nebraska and Texas. Very interesting markets to get involved in. I urge you to reach out for them because I've been involved in Arizona since the beginning and you learn so much about so many things along the way. And it's not just about cannabis. Right. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>